My grandfather's work was doo-doo. I am not interested in death. The only thing that concerns me is the preservation of life. Ahoy, and welcome to the Sunken Treasures Podcast. This is an exploratory adventure where five friends from across the globe seek to find hidden gems lost to the tides of time. From cinema and literature to philosophy and economics, we are a small yet mighty armada of unique expertise, and together, we attempt to map out meaning in our world today. The captains of this adventure are Daniel Knickerbocker, Alejandro Chavez, Donovan Roberts, Vikyat Mutiala, and me, Kat Lee. Keep in mind, this is an interactive podcast. We recommend checking out the episode's treasure beforehand for a much richer experience. You can find links in the description of the episode. So, are you ready to sift through the sands for the sunken treasures? Oh man, I'm so, so happy to be back here with you guys. So happy to see your faces. Another episode of the Sunken Treasures. So for this week's episode, we'll be exploring the 1974 Mel Brooks film, Young Frankenstein. Just just in time for the, the spooky season. Temperatures are dropping. Maybe you have a spiced pumpkin latte in your hand. Who knows? Uh-huh. But we're gonna we're gonna be getting into it. Uh this week's treasure was brought to you by yours truly. Um, and I'm very happy about it. This movie has meant a lot to me over the years. It was a favorite of my mom's. So, mom, if you're listening, thank you. I love your <laughs> sense of humor. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I think this is a sunken treasure because it it pays homage to the cinematic world, even for its time coming in, you know, mid-70s. And of course, the well-known story of Frankenstein, like just a totally new take and new approach while still kind of paying respect to the story itself and the the cinemagraphic work that has built out this kind of almost Frankenstein universe, so to speak. But for anyone who would like to access today's treasure, please check out the description in the episode. And again, we hope that these conversations make you think, make you laugh. Maybe they make you a little angry. Who knows? But we would love to hear your thoughts, questions, pushback on whatever your preferred platform may be. Drop us a comment. And who knows? We'd love to hear if you have a sunken treasure in mind. And for our listeners who didn't get a chance to experience this week's treasure, we'll catch you up to speed with a uh, short summary. So, Young Frankenstein. 1974 comedy film directed by Mel Brooks, who is absolutely known for clever parody of classic horror films, particularly the Frankenstein story. The movie stars Gene Wilder as the Dr. Frederick Frankenstein, grandson of the infamous Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Upon inheriting his family's Transylvania estate, Frederick, Gene Wilder, discovers his grandfather's notes of reanimating the dead and becomes embroiled in the same mad scientific pursuit. This film is hilarious, and it explores the conventions of horror genre 
while also kind of delivering a mix of slapstick, wordplay, and using some pretty pretty clever sight gags as well. It pokes fun at icon iconic scenes and characters from the original Frankenstein movies while adding a fresh comedic twist to the tale. Other notable cast members include Marty Feldman as Igor, Terry Garr as Inga, and Peter Boyle, who you may know from Everybody Loves Raymond, as the creature, as well as one of the best names in the movie, Frau Blucher, who is played by Cloris Leachman. Um, so yeah, Young Frankenstein. It's celebrated for its witty writing, memorable one-liners, and impeccable com comedic timing. It was certainly formative in my, in my younger years and, and getting to experience this different take. I've never seen a movie quite, you know, old, quote, quotation marks, um, that was also still so funny. Um, it remains a beloved classic in the realm of parody and comedy, and Mel Brooks' talent is, is exemplified, blending humor and, of course, homage to the cinematic history. So, I think everyone's familiar with the, the general Frankenstein story. Uh, and I just want to like kind of tip my hat to Mary Shelley, the original author of Frankenstein, the modern Prometheus, which came out in 1818, and here we are, 2023, still talking about Frankenstein. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'm just gonna kind of let it let it roll from here. What were your first impressions, or better yet, had anyone seen this movie before before this week? Okay, no, I had. Get two notes. Okay, yeah, I was oh, I was hoping someone. Okay, so we got three newbies. And two veterans. Um, <laughs> tell me your first thoughts. I love Gene Wilder. I think he's hilarious. Um, Dude. Uh, and like his theatrical spectrum, I think is so great. He made the character so like, it's hilarious without, you know, obviously he's very serious. Like he's going through, like, it's not something where the characters are trying to be funny. And I think that's part of what makes it, just brilliant is he's so good yeah and i love i love just like the frankenstein right like he's like mm. even trying like change his name to try to like no no i'm not not a part of this like legacy anymore i think that resonates with a lot of like people who have family history that they're not you know the inevitably like you don't actually get away from your family it's like in your dna but like oh wait i'm gonna i'm gonna change my name that'll make everything better Marty Feldman for me is just, oh God, the, the physical comedy, right? Yeah. Of course, with his uh, God-given set of eyes, man, did that guy have some eyes, but like, <laughs> truly just like. <laughs> that's, the, that's the hunchback type. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, the hunch keeps moving from side yeah, to side. Those were his side. real eyes? Yes. yes. Those were his real eyes. Yeah. That, Marty Feldman. He should go to the doctor for that. They don't, it, don't they like treat? What's wrong? What's happening there? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he made uh, some money, you know, as an actor being very unique. Yeah, that's uh, a trademark. Yeah. He made him. Uh, if his movies. eyes were fine, he'd just be another ugly guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not another ugly guy. He's the. You know, he had to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He, did, he did a good job, too. He was yeah. very good. Um, it was pretty cool to see a black and white movie 
you know. Um, mm. I used to watch El Zorro. I don't know if you know, you know yes. Zorro. Yeah. Of um, course. I don't know who, I think it was Disney who produced the show. It had, it was in, I mean, it was in color when I saw it, but if you go to Disney Plus today, it's in black and in, yeah, black and white. I don't know. It just reminded me of those times, you know, those types of shows and movies um, that are simple enough, <laughs> but also well delivered. And it wasn't scary at all. Like it's a like even the even the so-called yeah. scary aspects were funny too. So <laughs> it was cool. I don't think it was intended to be scary at all. I think it's just a parody of uh, the tropes. Mm. Because the whole thing is so ludicrous. Yeah. I like the scene where Igor goes to get the brain and then <laughs> throws it, uh, it slips, and then he just picks up another brain. And then he says, whose brain is this? This is A.B. Normal. He just... A.B. So <laughs> Say, A.B. A.B. who? A.B. Normal. A.B. Normal. <laughs> um, you mean to tell the me moment. abnormal? Like, the moment, is, yeah, that, yeah, is that, was that the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> From the, the very beginning, it's just this, like, this... you know, reference and you window, like it is coming at you like full throttle. Like, you yeah. know, when um, Igor is picking up Dr. Frankenstein from the train station and it's he's got the carriage or like the hay bale behind him and then mm. there's Inga like would you like a roll in the hay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, and then they arrive at the castle and then he's knocking at the door he's like oh the, yes. the giant knockers. <laughs> yeah yeah. What knockers? <laughs> <laughs> you know I think I, I think this movie for somebody who's English like for sure I didn't get some of them um but I was realizing, like, if if your English is not as advanced, you might not catch those. Yeah, yeah. humor, those, humor those is, jokes. It's yeah. difficult when you're. It's a second language. Humor right. is the most difficult aspect of it. But I'm so happy I got yeah. some of them, <laughs> like the knockers. I I, I did get that. <laughs> yeah, he's literally holding her, and she very innocently is like, "Oh, thank you, doctor." I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> So they they would have been cancelled like today, other... you know. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Like and just earlier this same year, 1974, Mel Mel Brooks just produced Blazing Saddles with Gene Wilder, and that movie. There's no way that movie would be produced today. The Black Sheriff. Like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You seen that no movie? Idea. Has anybody else seen that? It's no. hilarious. No. Um, oh, dude. We got to do like a full Mel Brooks breakdown, like Spaceballs. We got Robin Hood. Like we got so much. Uh, but in Frank, Young Frankenstein, there's also like, I think like to your point, Alejandro, like there's some humor. You don't even know why it's funny. But like when they're introducing Flau, uh, Frau Blucher and the horses go nuts. And every time, <laughs> every time her name is mentioned, the horses in the background. Why, like, why was whatever. that happening? I who knows? Just to show she's an mind. awful woman, even the horses are scared at the mention of her name. Yeah. <laughs> no reason just to shit on her. Like the the it's it's made funnier by the fact that that joke doesn't even come full circle. They just wanted to shit on that poor woman. Like there's no reason, no backstory, no nothing. They just you mention her name and animals are agitated. Oh god. Dude, so 
so good. Like, uh, and then there's that and scene in which he's throwing darts, and then they cut the scene, and the inspector's like, "Okay, I'll leave." And then he goes out, and there's a dart in the tire. There's a dart in the guy's hat. <laughs> and then they're all over the place. It's just ridiculous. The whole yeah, thing. the rogue RoboCop inspector who's got like the yeah. metal arm, and he's got to like. Yeah. No one understands what he's saying, and then he has to repeat himself because he keeps talking in a robot voice. Yeah, no, oh. it's just a strong, it's not like a German accent or something, but that nobody could understand, really. <laughs> yeah, even the Germans couldn't understand. Uh, I will yeah. say the Robocop surprised me because, mm. well, I say surprised me when I'm like kind of rewatched this movie. He really plays the part of kind of upending this traditional Frankenstein narrative um, towards the end when, you know, the, the creature has been, when they do like, I guess the brain swap between Gene Wilder's character and the creature, um, you know, and then the creature comes out and he's like very articulate and he's, you know, got a little yeah. bit more like social graces and stuff, but it's the uh -huh. RoboCop that, you know, along with like the, the torch wielding villagers, uh, he's the first to offer his hand in friendship. And like that moment alone is exactly what I think Mary Shelley was trying to articulate in the original Frankenstein is, you know, this feeling of isolation and exclusion and, and yeah. And like having that sense of companionship, friendship, like acceptance, I don't know. So I, I think that's a huge departure from like the Frankenstein universe, so to speak, but to come from this like RoboCop, you know, they, the villagers even like picked up the inspector and used him as the door to yeah. break down the door. <laughs> he, he extends his hand in friendship and a minute later the hand comes off, literally. And then the yeah. hand they have to put it back. It's, it's so silly, the whole thing. Oh, man. But to your point, Donovan, I don't think this was particularly scary uh, movie. But I do find myself watching this movie right around like Halloween, you know, fall time, fall so season. I heard that uh, there were like yeah. four Frankenstein movies at the time and that this movie took different. There was a someone was showing this scene by scene where he took different moments from those past movies and combined them in this comedy, kind of mocking different scenes from the past Frankenstein movies. And he did even take some of the apparatus from the older Frankenstein scenes to use in that one. So it was kind of like a love letter, apparently at the time, to the other Frankenstein movies. And uh, yeah, I can see why I can see why it's it's considered a classic by many. I hear that it was like one of the best-selling movies that year. It was it it, yeah. it recorded. It was shot for three million. And made over eighty million. <laughs> so, I mean, it was. Oh, wow. Donovan! I, I was prepared with these numbers. I was like, I know Donovan would really oh. appreciate knowing <laughs> <laughs> the gross revenue. <laughs> like, yeah. But it was a huge block blockbuster. Yeah. Right. So that was that. It's cool. That's cool. I like the whole uh, establishing scene of showing him as a doctor and saying, oh, this man is a man of science and all of that. <laughs> and then he kicks a guy in the nuts and says, give him an extra dollar. He's <laughs> writhing in pain. And then he puts him on the stretcher and says, give him an extra dollar. <laughs> oh, it's oh my gosh. That's right. Yeah, you meet 
Gene Wilder's character, like, yeah, in a classroom. And he's just getting, like, nagged by that one medical student, like, but your grandfather, like, doesn't that mean any? You just want to punch his kid in the face. And Gene Wilder's character's just getting more and more, like, worked up. Well, he did stab someone due to how hungry angry he got. Himself? Yeah. Yeah. Someone was stabbed. So that that, that expressed (laughs) the level of anger. I am very curious to know what, like, if you remember, Kat, the first time you you watched this movie, like, how was your experience watching it for the first time? When And also, at what age did you watch it for the first time? For me, I was probably about, I don't know, let's say like 12, 14, like early preteen teenager. I can, uh, I can see it having a big impact at that age. If I were to watch oh this at God, 12, I, yeah, it would definitely be a classic for me. <laughs> then, of course, a lot of the, like, sexual innuendos are, like, flying over your head. Like, you know, you should probably know why this is funny, but you don't really know why it's funny. Um, like, you know, of course, like, we haven't even talked about the fiancé. Uh, what's her name? <laughs> Elizabeth, oh. played by... Madeline Kahn, who also was uh, featured in Blazing Saddles. So, like, there's a pretty core working group here. Like, yeah, but that's where, Brooks, of course, Gene Wilder. That's where they got the idea. It was while shooting that movie on the scene that the guy came up with the idea and spoke to the people who were there. And they were like, no, no, we're not going to do that. And he, Ugh. over many dinners, I heard, convinced the producer guy to do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love a man who does his research. Well, and I think like (laughs) this was the, you know, Mel Brooks was the beginning of a whole genre of this like ridiculous comedy, you know, in the eighties, like one of Val Kilmer's first movies was top secret. I don't know if you, if you haven't seen top secret, it is hilarious. It's like takes place during the world war two and the sky's like an, Elvis style American rock star who's just like stupid and like sent into Europe and it's like the French resistance is like chocolate mousse and they like have all these like ridiculous food names but like you know that movie and then all of the what were the ones um Naked Gun like all these the Leslie Nielsen series that were just like so yeah, there's it, air, the airplane movies are really classic and just like yeah, ridiculous. That's like you just like humor for sure. can't stop laughing between the physical comedy and the double entendre that, you know, is constantly being thrown at you. And so I think Mel Brooks with these movies, like especially back to back, really sort of blew open the door for like laughing at nothing. And like. And people need to laugh. I think that, you know, we also are in this this time now, we talked about this a little bit with Dave Chappelle, like you need to be able to breathe and laugh and and these like things that just poke fun at at everything are so cathartic. It somehow strikes a balance of being like outrageous and yet still subtle. Like I still feel like I'm catching something new every time I watch it or like <laughs> You know, and it's respectful. Up, yeah, it's not it. offensive. It's, you know, it's it's clever humor. It's not derogatory or 
Um, and I think that's also Crass. what makes it so universally respected is it's, it's clean. It's just silly, like super silly. I struggle to think of like a modern comparison or like someone who's doing something similar. Yeah. Like the physical humor is something I think I strongly identify because listeners, if you, if you don't know, I am a long lanky individual <laughs> so like the physical humor comes natural I don't have to work too hard to look like I'm Gumby like <laughs> well I'd say I think they... yeah go ahead Donovan no, I would say the closest comparison I've seen to this in the modern day is and maybe just me because I grew up in the era but I would say American Pie was the only yeah a bit more outlandish of course but even this one, Young Frankenstein, had a bit more sexual references or sexual activities than I expected from a comedy horror. I mean, even 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 Frankenstein himself got some. So I mean, yeah, not really crazy. So. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm just I, I just gotta say it. Like when Frankenstein makes his move on on Doctor Frankenstein's fiance Elizabeth and. You know, they're having their own role in the hay. <laughs> and she starts singing in this, like, wild falsetto. We should mention, though, that um, Mr. Frankenstein was not given consent, as far as I could see. It turned out well. <laughs> uh, it turned out well, apparently. But I don't think, you know, it's just a... It's not an, an, an outcome that men should expect just going that route. <laughs> well, so. she like wakes up with like the wild, like gray pride of Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's after they uh, roll around in the hay and she's talking about, well, seven's always been my lucky number. <laughs> so, so I have to ask like what this movie was rated or uh, what do you, Wait, but did did you do you think do you think American Pie was a good comparison to this one? Are are there any other modern day modern day comparisons? Physical comedy, I think the last great physical comedy that I really remember appreciating is Jim Carrey's like era Uh, of like the pet detective. Like he's always like yes, yeah. Like being like I actually saw this great amazing parents that dress their kid as. Um, you know, with the like tutu and the hair up, like, um, yeah. and the like Hawaiian shirt. I saw like a six year old dressed like that for Halloween once, and I was like, you guys rock. Like, that's incredible. Um, and the dumb and oh, dumber, right? Like, those. Mm. Yeah. I thought that, but you know, then he kind of stepped back because I think physical comedy is quite demanding, um, both like, from a physical standpoint and also like you're, it's, you're on, it's like, go, go, go. And, um, but that's what, when I think of physical comedy, I think of Jim Carrey. Oh, I think that's an excellent. I would say he, I I, I don't think there's any comparison. He may be the best of all time. If we're talking about physical comedy, if we're talking about being witty and humor and stuff like that, then maybe we'd look elsewhere. But in terms of just expressions and physical behavior, my goodness, Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. He got a few more of them out there, too, that, gosh. Yeah. What was the other one? Just... Uh, Ace Ventura, Call of the Wild, I think. 
Mm-hmm. When uh, so yeah. he did like Liar Liar, which was like more subtle, but still like yeah. lots of like, you know, when he like that's his whole lie, and he's like, no, yeah. no matter where he it's is, so, but yeah, he did have some, yeah. I was actually just thinking, like, it popped up that I might have to throw the Truman Show on because that was like something he did that was so out of character. And that movie, I don't know if everybody's yeah. seen it, but was great movie. It was a great demonstration of his acting ability, but also just like a great wondering of what what would happen. Anyway, that's a side note. But I think another modern, maybe even more modern um, comparison would be Kate McKinnon. I love her. Yeah, and she's got. She's got yeah. strong physical comedy. And even um, Bill Hader's most notably really from good SNL. At it. But. Even Bill Hader and SNL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was right before we got on this call. Do you know that bit that he does called Vinny Videci? He's an Italian TV show host. So it's this premise where he always calls an American celebrity like Robert De Niro. And then he starts talking in Italian. <laughs> and then every time in that skit, uh, the guest is like, hey, hey, I'm so sorry, but I don't speak Italian. And then the camera cuts to his producer and cameraman who are always eating spaghetti on a red and white checkered uh, tabletop. And then they just <laughs> yeah. get angry. And then it's Fred Armisen and that other guy. And then they just get pissed off that they invited an Fred American. Armisen. Oh, Bill Hader is so, it's ridiculous. And then even that bit he has of Stefan. And the whole comedy yes. is that he himself can't stop laughing. <laughs> New York's newest club is trash. And then he closes his mouth. <laughs> Did you see that bit? It's always in... On the weekend that, update, yeah. Yeah, in the weekend update. They ask him, what's a fun thing that families can go to? <laughs> and then Bill Hader comes in as this like super stereotypically gay guy and then starts talking about bars and there are always midgets at these bars doing all sorts of things and the most oh i i i'm surprised how they never got cancelled for that segment they're always like oh it's where you have midgets and then they have long beards and that serves as the doormat i'm like what are you saying this is so what, what show is this they do oh yeah i, I think I think I may have to go like on a vintage SNL binge one of these days. Like I just download a whole. Oh package. man! I think they are cringing that you just called them vintage. No, <laughs> I mean the vintage episodes. I know I heard that they got really political later. I mean the on. Dan Aykroyd. So like, you want to yeah. go vintage SNL? There you go. Like, well, Far- uh, Chris Farley. Even before Chris Farley and Norm Macdonald as well, when he used to do Weekend John Update. Belushi. Yeah. That's what I'm talking like, yeah. The Bassomatic, like the Dan Aykroyd era, and like even um, Steve Martin, right, was on SNL yeah. like, when it first opened. Um, so just now when I search for who's Kate McKinnon, right? And oh, yeah. I saw her she, face. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking who is the funniest female comedian that I know? And I'm not sure who it is, but right now in my mind, being that I haven't thought about it a whole lot, I think she's probably the funniest female I know. From what I've seen, I haven't seen in a physical whole, whole comedy lot. or in general. Dude, just overall. Her physical comedy, that overall. is something that's like a a love song to me in my like youth. It's like Yeah. I don't know. Definitely. Just seeing a woman, you know, objectively, like she's gorgeous, right? Like you take a photo of her, like she 
could have been a model or whatever. I don't know. But like the fact that she like so adamantly pursued this career in comedy and like a part of her comedy, like a lot of her characters are like intentionally trying to make the audience or like her like fellow cast members uncomfortable. Like, and she just like yeah. wades into this like discomfort yeah. with like she her SNL bit. The aliens when she's. <laughs> oh, I don't think I was dealing with the top, top brass here. <laughs> they all stood in a line and took turns tapping on my knockers. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> just, oh my God, it makes me like cry. As we're talking about Kate McKinnon, I feel like we have to also mention Zach Galifianakis because Kate McKinnon and Zach Galifianakis and Masterminds as this like kind of like trailer trash couple doing like the I need to, the blue well, sheen, I need to like, watch awkward that. family photos. What's, what's the name of that? What's the name of that? <laughs> the masterminds. I haven't seen I it. think it's like loosely based on a on a real story, but uh it's I mean it's 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 a solid B movie. Because it's not I, like gonna blow your socks <laughs> off or anything, I respect, but I respect it's Zach. still really good. Zach is good. So if he's with Kate in a movie, definitely. That sounds like it's worth uh, It's like a fart chance plan. <laughs> and especially his between two firms, where he sits with Obama yes. and he's roasting <laughs> yes. Obama. I mean, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> it just, just straight face. Like, that yeah. was one thing I read about no Young Frankenstein no was that, you know, Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, like, co-wrote the screenplay together, right? And so... As they're filming, Gene Wilder like cannot keep his shit together. Like he is laughing, and they have to do almost like fifteen takes for each scene because he just like couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> the shit is so funny, and like for Zach Galifianakis, like between two ferns, or like really any of his work, like if anyone has seen, is it clown? Clowns. I am a clown. Oh, what is that show called? Okay, well, anyways, I digress. <laughs> Like the ability to keep a straight face when you're actually like doing something. Yeah. I think that's a skill in itself uh, that I am not good at. Is that, you, are you referring to the marriage one? That's a marriage movie thing you're talking about? The one where there's the five of them. And no, the Zach Galifianakis plays, um, I'm pretty sure it's like, he is like, like a French trained mime and clown. Um, it's it's worth a watch. It's a TV show, and he actually one of the characters um, is himself, but he has like a twin brother character. Um, I mean, if you want to watch that Galifianakis, there's always Hangover. That's that's is, the one. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, the five of them. Hangover is brilliant. Yeah, right. I love Hangover. So I thought you were talking about Hangover just now, but no. Oh, no, no, Baskets. She's talking about it Baskets is the movie about the clown and. It is. It, it definitely has this like dark, dry humor that I think he's p- pretty exceptional at. Because again, keeping that straight face. But his mom is actually played by Louis Anderson, R.I.P., who just knocks this character out of the park. Like, oh my god. Uh, but again, I digress. We're getting maybe a little off topic. <laughs> but <laughs> Zach Galifianakis and Kate McKinnon. Yeah, those are chumps. I'm gonna look at baskets and masterminds definitely. I was just looking at like comedians who were inspired by Mel Brooks. Well, for Young Frankenstein, it did offer an opportunity. Um, you know, of course, this is the mid seventies. Some of the major movies that are out at the, or one in particular was the French connection with Gene Hackman. 
And That's I read that movie. Gene Hackman was actually trying to get away from, you know, this kind of serious, hard-ass characters. And he was trying to kind of dip his toes in comedy. Came across the idea of young Frankenstein, because I guess he was tennis players with Gene Wilders, you know, whatever <laughs> Hollywood stuff. Elbows but anyways, rubbing. Gene Hackman plays the plays the blind priest that is like praying for a guest when the creature <laughs> walks in and like yeah. he thinks he's just like this huge mute. mute. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he breaks his wife cow paw soup on him. Which is which is enough, which is enough reason for the really monster funny. to go berserk. Lights his thumb on fire thinking it's just a guy. <laughs> oh. oh man. That was a nightmare though. <laughs> It was like a short story of like a comedy of errors, <laughs> kind yeah. of just like this one scene where everything goes wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know that Key and Peele sketch where uh, a dictator tells uh, him to kill him and then he says, no dictator, they will torture you. And then he starts yeah. trying to kill him, but he fails to kill him. He, instead of shooting him, he shoots his foot and instead uh. of, you know, he pours hot water on him and then he ends up going and surrendering to the enemy because his subordinate is so bad at trying to kill him that he's yeah. like, this is more torture, <laughs> I'll just go surrender. Yeah, he's just... He's, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It was, it was. That was so, and and um, I heard the dance was was a very big deal too. Yeah, thank you. For, yeah, <laughs> what did y'all think about that? I thought that was where the uh, dark, like on top of the stage when Doctor Frankenstein's ah. trying to show off the creature as this like intelligent being and like reanimated and cultural and savvy, doing like a tap dance or whatever. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I think that scene, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mel Brooks actually wanted to remove that scene. Yep. Wanted to cut it. Yep. And I hear that the guy who suggested it was it the the lead actor gene wilder was brought to tears begging to keep that scene <laughs> but i heard that it okay was... we clearly came across the same material really okay Maybe we did. <laughs> yeah. go ahead go ahead <laughs> no that's perfect no 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 please yeah um i mean i'm just i've always already smitten by mel brooks and i was already smitten by gene wilder right like the willy wonka you know, you did, yeah. Ah, that's and where I know him from. What? Yeah, you know him yeah. from the meme, Donovan. Oh, tell me more from the memes. You know that meme? That's why he's most famous. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, he's like this. I got tell you. me more. Yeah, that guy. Wait, in that's that from that Wilder, meme, yeah. he's in Willy Wonka, though, right? Yes, he's in Willy, right. Wonka. He's Willy Wonka. He's also he was in a great movie with Richard Pryor, where like one of them was deaf and one of them was blind. It was hilarious. Um, what? How have I not heard of this? Uh, yeah. Let me find out. Richard Pryor was so great. Richard Pryor, um, the man on fire. Let's see. <laughs> Stir crazy is how it was. Ken, I want to ask you this. This is, I mean, this is obviously a, yeah. uh, I, I digress. But, uh, Donald was asking, uh, you know, who do you think is the famous, the, the best female comic? Who do you think is the best female comic? Oh, don't do that to me. That is, <laughs> that I mean, mean. Th- when I, when we were, Covering that, you know, I don't know. I'm sure Kate McKinnon undoubtedly got her start doing stand-up. Like, I don't doubt she mm. has experience doing stand-up, but I, I don't, at this point in time, I don't think that's what she's most well-known for. Like, I can't yeah. say that I've seen any of her stand-up. I haven't yeah. seen I don't think she's done any, like, specials or anything, yeah. I don't think um, either. So I guess it's like, 
con you know set and setting like are we talking for stand up stand up, for stand -up who do you think um is it i think yeah michelle wolf has been really sticking yeah. out to me and has michelle been wolf for a long good. time she's yeah. been doing she's some not work, bad but i mean she's not bad she's 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 Dude, I mean, Chelsea Handler, too, has just been, like, a veteran pushing the envelope and, like, I mean, provocative, but you got to give it to her. Like, she knows what she's doing. Um, let me think. Some other. So the the only other person that I would rank next to Kate right now in my mind, and I would rank her over, who did you just mention just now? Um Michelle Wolf. Wolf. Chelsea, uh, I'll definitely, definitely take her over um, Michelle Wolf. Because Michelle is new on the scene, right? She's pretty new. She's maybe five years old now, right? No, more than that. Seven. Okay, um, not, not ten. Ten, probably? Okay. But yeah, I mean, she's. There's a fat lady by the name of Monique. I have, did, I, did I need to mention that she's fat? Uh, would everyone, everyone's know Monique? No? <laughs> but she's called Monique. I have no idea. Okay, well. Type in money. I'll look into her. Um, She's another very comedian, female comedian that came out of the Daily Show is Dulce Sloan. Do y'all know? Dude, no. she's. Oh. Can you share screen? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here, like trying yeah. to <laughs> to look all of these up. Um, that would yeah. be awesome if you can share screen. I think I relate to a lot of Dulce Sloan stuff because she's from the South living in New York and she has a good bit of material mm. based around that. Uh, here we go. Sharing screen, Dulce Sloan. Yeah, like even right here, like this oh. headline, like I was forced to move to New York. <laughs> like, oh, this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen her work. But yeah, she got her start with she's, the Daily she's, Show. Trevor she's Noah. okay. She's okay. I mean, if 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 we've gone to Dulce Sloan, then it really it's it really isn't looking good. I mean, it really. The crop, the I crop, might I might agree with Donovan on this. The crop she's, isn't she's rich. Right. At all. So I, I'll show I'll yeah. show you that Monique. Season. She's all right. I'll show you Monique. So this is Monique here. Y'all know her? No, I have no idea who this is. I think I've seen her. You know the Parkers. No. Yeah, I no. think I saw I saw an episode. It sounds familiar, but I can't say I'm familiar. No, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her, okay, her face looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. Oh wait. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You know, can I she, can she, I make one contribution as a, as a stand-up artist? Yeah. Does she not have really a TV good. show called Monique? I think so. Maybe. She had like a TV show. Maybe, yeah. Long time ago, like early late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. She's really funny though. In as a stand-up. Is she the best I know? I'd say she's the best I know as a female stand-up comedian. Definitely better than um, Michelle Wolf. I I really like uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Do you guys know Taylor Tomlinson? No. I love I Taylor again. Tomlinson. You know who's also? I mean, I'm very. I'm realizing that oh, I'm very yeah. lost on comedy yeah. in the U.S. <laughs> like I don't know any most of them. But Fair. somebody who I um I'm I'm very She's nerdy okay. on the comedy in Mexico. Um but somebody who I've seen that also appears to be pretty good. I really like her comedy and her last show called Beef. Have you seen Beef? If you haven't yes. watched it. So she's a, she's an Asian Dude, talking... American comedian. And but she has these very raw 
way of Wait, making are comedy. Are you talking about uh, Dude, Ali Wong? Uh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. To me, Dude, she, that's a, that's a great. Yeah. I should have thought of her. She's sooner, always yeah. pregnant She's in her stand-up questions for some reason. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> there are two stand-up questions. She's pregnant in both. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and her comedy is very raw, you know, like very. Yeah, it is. It she is. doesn't. She doesn't. It's very. Really... It's not very. It's not very refined. It's very but and, and I think that's what what makes it pretty good. And and you know, seeing yeah, beef, yeah. also. Yeah. Like I haven't on beef. She made a great. Oh, dude! I'm also thinking of Michelle Buteau. I, th I think that's how you say her name. Um. Yeah. I have I haven't seen her doing stand up B U T E A Buto. I've seen her in movies. She has a, I think she has a few specials out. I like her too for kind of the similar reasons that Alejandro yeah, like just this kind of like does not hold back and it's like like full frontal like this is it. I'm gonna tell you tell it like it is. Uh, um love I, I, love her work. They they do have a I know one Spanish comedian who I think is funny. He had it on his own TV show. What's his, what's his name called? He's like in a family and he's like a round face guy and he also comments on politics too. George Lopez. That's, that's the guy. <laughs> really? George Lopez? That's, that's the guy. Is there any other one? I don't know any other um, Spanish speaking comedians, but he's he's good. He's, he's okay. George Lopez? Uh, I can hear the theme song. You don't now. know George Lopez? No. The George Lopez show. Gosh. No. So George who's the most Lopez. popular Spanish-speaking comedian uh, to you, Alejandro? But but I think he's he's good for American. Um, I mean, he's still Definitely. in the American um, industry. He was born in LA. Um, oh really? Yeah. Alejandro, you turned me on to uh, Franco Escamilla. Dude, Franco is. I've listened to. Yeah. It's like the reborn of comedy in Mexico. Um, but yeah, like in Mexico, it's a big scene, but I guess it's a scene in itself, but it's it's quite big. Like one of the biggest podcasts today or most listened podcasts in Mexico is called La Cotorriza. It's a show like these two guys just sit down for two hours to talk and make jokes on YouTube. Um, and two years ago, they had a show on uh, the Eiffel Tower, you know, like the... In the middle of the Eiffel Tower is like a venue. Like they had a fucking show there. Like people actually went to see them in the Eiffel Tower. Um, but yeah, it's not mainstream, I guess. Still not. Spanish is still not the main language. So we haven't capitalized. And if you, since you, guys, since you guys are into stand up, uh, there's this YouTube channel called Don't Tell Comedy, which tries to put up up and coming mm. comics they have some amazing content it's called don't, don't tell, comedy. tell comedy it's it's amazing it's it's like all these fresh faces and whatever their like outrageously good bits are they make them perform that for like five to seven minutes and they put up on that channel it's Ooh. a very good way of uh, finding new names of finding this some is amazing bits very funny don't tell there's comedy. this one guy um i think he's from chicago originally but living in new york Mateo Lane. I don't know yeah, why, but yeah, he keeps yeah. blowing up. He's like, gay, right? He does a lot of like LGBTQ. I don't know if he's just got like a serious marketing campaign or whatever, but like he also speaks like, mm. I want to say like three or four languages. Yeah. And so some of his bits are actually 
you know, or some of his best clips are interacting with the audience from wherever, from mm -hmm. different parts of the world, mostly Europe, I will admit, but yeah. um, I, I really like his, yeah. Has any of you tried to do a stand-up yeah. comedy? Oh, I have. Yeah? I've done open mics, yeah. How was yeah. I did one in yeah. COVID for a my... like Nagasaki, that's a different thing. But uh, yeah, I've done open mics. It's quite a thing, you know, like I remember the first time that I attempted it. I was so excited. Um, I came up with this whole sketch, but staying in the in the front of people and people not laughing at the things you find hilarious is very, <laughs> uh, like it's, it's, it's very real, you know, like in your mind. I was so excited. I was like, this is funny as fuck um yeah and a lot of the jokes i had in mind that i thought they were funny people just yeah. like <laughs> like they, yeah they don't give a fuck yeah they, yeah they, they didn't get it and it was it, it was so <clears throat> uh vulnerable to be in front of even if it was just my friends you know um yeah. six, I, seven people i haven't done open mics but i've definitely <laughs> had the experience of like sharing a movie with people but like specifically mm. like when i was really in like what 2008 flight of the concords was like a thing for me and i thought Ugh, it was so God funny bless you and i like had a bunch of people over and we watched it and they were like what in that like you just wasted an hour of my life i was like no there's more we should yeah. watch more um and so i've definitely had yeah. that like moment where people are like this isn't funny it's like oh you're not mm. smart <laughs> i mean not really but like you know some of the time like certain types of humor i think do hinge on a particular level of intellect like if you're you know certain does like obviously jim carrey like it's funny when it's like the simpsons episode where you know homer getting hit in the balls with the football wins like the film festival because like everybody thinks <laughs> oh, yeah. it's funny that's hilarious um but you know like a take on david bowie with you know brett like flying in a bedroom yes like, <laughs> talking about his nipples getting hard in space dude. like that's how funny to you, buddy. <laughs> dude Jermaine as David Bowie like I didn't realize what my life was missing <laughs> like, flying in as like a ghost. you didn't know you needed it <laughs> oh dude that's, that's so good talking of Simpsons there's this episode in which uh, they talk about Anthony Bourdain and Anthony Bourdain is like <laughs> oh I'm Anthony Bourdain I like going to the poorest uh, countries and experiencing it. As long as I'm paid in emeralds and I have a bathroom where the bidet shoots champagne. <laughs> and it's like, they roast Anthony Bourdain. Oh my it's God. It's so funny. Well, and you know, oh the, the substance in particular, I think like I had somebody frame it out in a way that I was like, oh yeah, that it's like the Gulliver's Travels of our time, right? It pokes fun at all the yeah. things that are jacked up in our society without actually like being flagrantly offensive. It uses storytelling to sort of wrestle with the things that are ridiculous. Um, yeah. And Family I thought it was also really does a good funny enough and it's a cartoon that people are entertained who even aren't maybe of the, I don't want to say intellect, but like the depth of thought, right? Not everybody, I realize not everybody like goes below the surface level like I do with everything. Um Yeah. My mom will be like, Danielle, you could just enjoy it. It's like, no, actually, I have like 18 yeah. thoughts like, <laughs> what its implications are and how this should affect my parenting. And maybe I should have done this. 
It's like, no, some people just want to like laugh at Homer getting kicked in the crotch. Um, <laughs> so it, I think Mel Brooks, you know, similarly, like there's, there's things that like the movie is funny because it's physically funny, but it layers particular levels of comedy. Um, and I just want to come back to young Frankenstein being like a tribute piece instead of like trying to one up um, the previous versions of Frankenstein. It was his take on it. Um, and I think what we've lost in comedy, Dave Chappelle is a great example of this. I, I appreciate his comedy, but like, it's so offensive, right? Like it's equal opportunity offensive, but it's still offensive. And I think part of what is so lovely about everything that Mel Brooks did was he sort of just told a story that had issues brought in and was funny. Um, yeah. And I think, I think there's something incredibly brilliant about that. Like whether it's, you know, he did all the producers, which was like one of his first films where he like made fun of Hitler and, you know, that went on to be Matthew Broderick re um, revived it in 2000 as a really successful Broadway production. Um, and so I think there's something that we've lost as far, it's funny because Monty's in this little school and they, it's, they have a virtue each week that they, when they notice different virtues that in each other and in themselves, but this week's virtue was tact and how can you be tactful? Um, and I think Mel Brooks is a great example of tact um, that current comedians have lost, uh, like refinement of the delivery. Oof. That was something I wanted to ask you about. I'm glad you, thank you for bringing it back yeah, to the movie. Um, I could talk about comedy all day, but when regards to young Frankenstein, it's hard for me to gauge as a person with, without children, if this is, how child appropriate is this? Or like, at what age do you think generally, you know, you, so I think it, seven years old, eight, he is, he but eight he is no, he'll be okay. eight in November, but like, Oh, I think it depends on your child. My child has a particular awareness of subtlety. And so I might wait on it because I think he would get the innuendos. Um, and me, you know, I'm not sure whether or not I would want to talk about it. It's a, I had a, a discussion with a, a parent in our school and she has a nine-year-old daughter that wanted to see the Barbie movie. And she said, no, because you'll get what they're actually talking about. And then you'll wrestle with it. Every time you pick up your Barbies, you'll be wondering if Ken is like getting, you know, his like that. If you have a child that goes deep, some of these movies will trigger things and you have to be ready to like do that. Other kids who are like, this is dumb. I don't want to read this book. Like they might think it's funny because it's funny and not go a layer deep. So I think it really depends on a, your child's, um, sort of cognitive processes and how much you're willing to hash it out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, the, the last thing... I guess, would you... The last thing I'd want... I was just going to say... Oh, okay. oh, you, <laughs> just real quick, would you show Young Frankenstein to Monty? Or is that oh. all over his head? Too many knockers? <laughs> Too many... <laughs> yeah. I think, like... There are giant knockers in the film. I think because right now, like, he is aware of things and he thinks they're inappropriate, not funny. I, I, I would gotcha. probably wait until he's, like, 11. Maybe. And then, yeah, 
um, he's had more exposure to sort of like, it's not always like, it's not always inappropriate and like that humor is okay. And how to also like not repeat things because he's also at an age where like he repeats lines from like, mm. I actually, he was listening to a podcast and he said something, he, he keeps these little lines. And so he's like, you'll have to excuse me. I'm a fairly intense philosopher. And I was like, <laughs> then you should have a private call with Alejandro. Um, and like, he's actually doing what it means. And so what I would hate to have happen is for him to watch something like this and then carry over a line where, you know, he says something about someone's knockers or a roll in the hay and like gets, you know, people like, like what's going on with your kid? Yeah, I was I was going to say to the Barbie reference that the last thing I'd want a child thinking about taking up their Barbies about which gender rules which gender or who is enslaving who or you know the whole gender wars thing like kids don't need that so definitely right. I wouldn't take my child to see the Barbie movie either. Can I? I'd like to show one of my I would say interesting moments of the the movie, right? Yeah. So it's this scene here when they're going to, um, and then this guy, look at, look, 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 look at how good a job this guy does. Just that walk to <laughs> go up the good. stairs. Marty Feldman. Like he, he has bought so, in completely to the character. Like look at these. So at, for context, this, for context to the audience, we're watching oh, the no. scene when they're going to try to bring to Luda. life to the creature. The first attempt yeah. to electrocute and flipping the switches it's raining right no no this female comes up and she says something about relieving his tension was that it or something like that she was saying to him yeah 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 and i wish there was a way i could relieve your tension and then he said could you erect me and she's saying right now no could you raise could you raise something no could you raise me me? something like that yeah yeah could you raise me me yeah (laughs) And he's no like yeah like the platform like, and she's saying right here like, I'm saying all these <laughs> sex right references, <laughs> and then yeah, and then he now goes into his old comedy. Both of them, all of them are trying to look funny. It's they're, they're, the absurdity is like, and then he starts screaming all of these crazy mad scientist but words. Ju- ju- just no watch <laughs> that change. That was impactful, not impactful, but that was meaningful to me. Like. This change in character and playing a very serious line. I don't know if that's actually a line in the book. Um, like this, the, the line is he's saying right now when he's like, oh, we're going to overcome nature and get mm-hmm. into the womb. And st- I think right. that I, might be part of, of the actual. I'm not sure, though, ooh. but I think that might be part point- like to Alejo's point of Gene Wilder having that impact when he <laughs> becomes serious is that what is so interesting is that Gene Wilder is the only one who is going between madness and meaning. The other characters are stupid through and through. Like they are ridiculous <laughs> in their own way. Right, you know, right. His assistant is being silly. The, right. You know, Igor, uh, Igor is being Igor. And, but <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder is trying to be serious and then He's reacting to his assistants being hopeless. And then he becomes serious again. So that sort of background makes it funnier that he provides that contrast to understand how ridiculous these people are being. Because he's like trying to be that one sensible being. And then he himself is silly. 
and then he goes back and then he keeps doing that dance it's lovely to watch yeah. but the, well, no, I, what, you know, I, all, of, all of this is comedy I, right yeah but yeah, yeah. go go daniel well i just just i was reading um you know different reviews on how people saw this movie and one of the reviews that i read said that they thought this was actually the best version the best film version of the frankenstein story partially because Gene Wilder's character has so much depth and the other tellings of it has Dr. Frankenstein is just this megalomaniac who's trying to like, Mm. you know, champion over the power of nature. And, you know, it's like a power driven and Gene Wilder's portrayal really does sort of oscillate between like the struggle and, you know, trying to, to be humble and trying and then like being drawn into this pattern of, you know, Oh wow. Like, can I do this? And, and that even though it is like ridiculous, the whole movie is hilarious. Um, it does treat these topics with more depth than some of the other film versions did. Oh, beautiful observation. Yeah. You meet the doctor, you know, He's serious academic. He even like resents his name, trying to say it's like Frankenstein or mm-hmm. Frankenstein or Frankenstein. whatever. <laughs> um, just, just trying to distance himself from the the family heritage. But yeah, and like the the full art. And and that uh, I think, which is kind. Of, I think that's one thing that Marvel figured out before DC, which is what separated them. <laughs> I think I think Marvel figured out that characters are just better with a sense of humor. Like, if they are mm. having some funny elements to who they are, it makes them more likable. DC, right. I, don't think, yeah. I don't think DC has gotten that. Interesting. I think you've got something there. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I don't have a lot of comic book background. I did read The Watchmen because it made time. No, the Watchmen is a great... Hundred best books of all time. And I was like, really? A graphic novel? DC, mm. the thing with... The, the thing with DC is that DC always wants to address uh, like the pain of existence almost. Right. Like DC takes its world very seriously. Whereas, whereas Marvel will always find a way like- to, to sort of... So it's the difference between if a movie is made by Disney versus it's made right. by Pixar. Like did right. you guys watch the film Enchanted? Yeah. In, yeah, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, not Enchanted. See, Encanto is the is is it called? It's called yeah. Encanto, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so Encanto is that film. I knew what you meant, but yes. <laughs> sorry. I knew but what you an, meant, but yes, Enchanted yeah, Enchanted yeah. was yeah. a different, like real, like yeah, yeah that's oh, a different. Yeah, God, yeah, that's the Rapunzel one. Right. Sorry, yes, Encanto. Yeah, yeah. So Encanto. So in that film, there is this. Mo- they have all these magical powers, and then they lose their magical powers, right. and towards the end of the film, they gain magical powers, and then I'm like, this is a Disney movie. If right. it was Pixar, they would never gain their powers back. The village would come to help them. So that would be the end of it saying, you know, they've arrived at a new place. So the difference mm. between DC and Marvel also happens to be that DC will try to show you, see, this is the world. These are the repercussions. These are the consequences. And you live with these consequences. That is why there are so many yes. Robins. Like, you know, Batman, despite being so good, always loses his Robin because of some fuck up that he does but then marvel always finds a way to be like oh you know there's this guy and then you find another spider boy and i mean of course there are dark things in marvel as well but dc always tries to push that thing of like okay this is the reality sort of 
Marvel is a lot more chill. So, to put it in other words, you're saying that DC takes more of like treats its viewers or its audience more as like adults. Like these are the consequences, and you have to live with these consequences. And yeah, it's not it tries to go closer story. to the reality of the world, quote unquote. Characters are just too dry. That thing. I always just liked Batman as my favorite because I've he's like the only Batman. superhero who hasn't undergone diffuse cellular change. He's just like emotionally traumatized and wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly more, strong. More relatable smart, for all of like us. Like, yeah. <laughs> Y'all know my love for Pete Holmes. And like recently <laughs> he's been putting out these videos yeah, of Batman. I know. It's amazing. Um, I did have a question kind of following this line of like superheroes and reality. And um, what in Young Frankenstein, what superpower does the creature have? Or what skill or gift? Maybe not super. But he's super but... ugly, so he scares people. That's <laughs> he's super ugly and yet gets the ladies wink, wink. Dude, right? Yeah, but he, he takes the lady. Enlarged member. I don't know that he gets. It. <laughs> oh, like okay. Pete, is that like on, Pete Davidson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, ah. Shots fired. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh. yeah but i was gonna ask you what was the end because i don't remember i watched this unfortunately last night at 2 a.m um in the end what so i remember they swap kind of like minds then like half his brain the, or, yeah. the creature becomes uh intelligent every, everybody goes out and the last scenes is um you, you know, Doctor Frankenstein. Final innuendo, right? Huh? You got you got the final innuendo, right? No, that that's what the, I'm saying. I'm trying to re series. remember that. So this guy is like with the assistant, and at some point he becomes a bit dumb, and then they change to the creature in the bedroom. You know, like reading. So so what was that like? I got a bit confused. It was two a.m., so I didn't really. You know, care. They exchanged more than just their mind. <laughs> what did they so exchange got... explicitly? <laughs> I mean, yeah, cat, do it, cat. Come on, do yeah, just say it. So, sorry, okay, like... <laughs> I'm gonna do it. So, yeah, so when so Gene Wilder's character gets on like the uh, the table next to the creature, they right, right, swap right. brains or whatever. Um, and then the creature wakes up, and that's when you have the scene with the inspector, you know. The creature is very articulate and the inspector extends this hand of friendship, which, right. I thought that was like a very notable moment, but anyways, what you're talking about is like flash forward, right. cut to the like last scene uh -huh. creatures and this like pretty luxurious bed, you know? Yeah. He's got the readers on, he's reading a paper, like any. He's reading Wall Street bloke. Journal. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, <clears throat> and his, what was Gene Wilder's character's fiance right. in the movie, uh, Elizabeth, she walks in and, you know, they're whatever having, basically it's like a normal couple, right? right and right. then you cut to Gene Wilder's character who is in bed with, uh, the assistant Inga right. and she's asking him, well, like, 
you know, so you gave the creature like half your mind, but like, what did you get in return? And Gene Wilder, like, he just stares uh, at the camera and like this like mischievous look comes up and the lights go oh, down. Okay, get it now. Basically alluding to <laughs> that he exchanged more right, than right, just right, mine, get but, it, get it. you know, pleasure members, if yeah, you yeah, yeah. prefer to call them. <laughs> <laughs> it was called, the, yeah. the girl said that he has an enormous swanstucker. I'm not sure what Schwansch is. Which is, a, which, is a, which is a made up word, by the way. It's but not an actual Schwansch. German word. I did want to ask it. This came up earlier. From my research, Mel Brooks put cons- like considerable effort into keeping this black and white film. I think the movie was first supposed to be distributed by Columbia, who insisted that he, though it could be in black and white, that he filmed it on color film. And so he had a fear that the, he, they would just turn around and produce it and, and um, you know, make it a colored film against his wishes. So he actually took the movie to, I believe, uh, was it Paramount? 20th or century, 20th century, I think, right? 20th century. I think 20th century. I think, okay. Um, who allowed him to film it completely on black and white film. So I guess with all this effort that went into it, why, why do you think black and white what what made the difference? Why, what did the black and white experience bring to this film that would have been missed if it was in color? Yeah, I found that very interesting. Like, like I understand Schindler's List, for example, being black and white. Like, you cannot witness the gore the same way if it was like in color. Like that, I understand. But this was like a very interesting choice. Yeah, Daniel, you were saying. Just, I think it has to do with you know the fact that he was paying tribute to and in, you know, as Donovan pointed out, like kind of doing a mashup of previous versions of the movie, all of which were made in the thirties. And so we're black and white due to technological limitations. And so I think if it had been color, it would have been like him just doing a version of Frankenstein. I don't think it would have had that same sort of intention to honor the original versions. So I think, I mean, that's what I feel like. The, and, and the the old horror movies, right, from the 30s, there was a different element to, like like we were talking about the the effects, right? They're clunky, they're obnoxious, they're clearly like, like the hump moving around, like these hilarious sort of poking fun at at these movies, but also like, it's incredible that they were made with with the limitations that they had. I mean, they spent quite quite good money, no? Three million was a good budget. That's what I think I'm it wouldn't have been. Sorry, the same with like, you know, they used some of the original props. And if they had used some of the original props and shot in color, um, hmm. that I, I just think it has to do with sort of, yeah. The overall ambiance of of classic horror. I was saying for me, it was a good experience to see a black and white movie. It's been a very long time since I've seen a black and white movie. Yeah. So just seeing, and, and the quality was good. For a black and white movie, I'm like, this world wasn't bad to live in. Like, <laughs> this, this is a, you know, I could watch a few movies like these. So, yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool. But but a question though. So in Jamaica, for example, like on Christmas season, they run all the Home Alone movies and the Die Hard movies, and there are specific 
types of movies that run on our TV station around Christmas time. Around Easter, the same thing. You see all the Jesus movies, this man getting beaten halfway to death. You know, so in Halloween period in America, is this like one of the most popular TV shows that are played on the on like different channels or something like that? I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm, but growing up, like every such a big like every cartoon had a Halloween special. There were like all the original sort of what's clean the horror movies that are clean enough to show on TV are are up and so you is, assume is Halloween uniquely American? I believe so. I would say probably I wouldn't consider it very popular on mainstream TV. Like it might make a showing on AMC, um, but I think more of like the Halloween favorites would be like uh, like uh, Scream. Goosebumps or a the Scream. Scream series is always really popular. Uh, I don't- What's that one? For sure. Halloween series, of course. What's too. that one oh, yeah, with the clone? With uh, not Goosebumps. Um, oh. Beetlejuice, too. Yeah, that's it? a big one. Yeah. Was Chucky a big thing? Chucky. Oh, man. Chucky. Yeah. I hate that. I'm not a big horror. Bro, <laughs> I love Chucky. Video. Chucky was awesome. <laughs> I don't know who thought but, about Chucky, but that was a great one. But which, which one, one is the, the one? Do you remember the leprechaun? Which one is the one that, that has the, the, the clone in the drain and kids like go in the drain? It. 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 Oh, that's it. That's a Stephen that's King. That's like the dumbest. Yeah. Who? Which? Who? Who thought of that though? Like Stephen which King. Stephen King. King. Goes to Stephen one of the best writers in horror. Silly. Considered one of the greatest horror writers of all time. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. That one was silly. But I can say the one where you have to say someone's name in the mirror three times. That one was was very. Uh, that one was like a culture changer. It was like, right. what was the name that you had to say in the mirror three times? And then they would like appear and kill you or something remember. like that. But Beetlejuice. It wasn't Beetlejuice. No, was it? Beetlejuice was silly. More silly than Bloody Mary, right? Was that Bloody, Bloody Mary? Mary? I think so. Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Bloody oh, wow. Mary. Oh, yeah, I think Creepy. it's Bloody Mary. How That's, you like, came That's true. From the end of the screen, <laughs> just Bloody Mary. Bro. And they were like, as kids, it was like no one would dare say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times. Because you know, on... On that, if you haven't watched it, I really, truly recommend going to the movies and watch Talk To Me. It's a new movie from I'd Love A24. Um, And it was made by two YouTubers. So these brothers who 10, 11 years ago started in YouTube and they they wrote the movie. It is Maybe the next generation of what you just described, Donovan, of like the Bloody Mary type of thing is kind of the same concept, but with a hand and like, is this in this, in this time, right? So the, the movie takes place in our time where we have phones and people are just like making TikToks of people being possessed and they are, they just laugh around it. It is very, in my opinion, is like a next generation of. Of not a horror movie, but very similar to Bloody Mary, right? Like this, this I don't know. Concept it's a summoning of, type thing where you summon right, right, some right, type right. of entity. Right, it's, right, it's, right, right. The exactly. last I remember seeing this preview, dude. It's yeah. it's awesome. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. 
The last scary movie that I like actually watched the whole way through was The Ring. I don't even remember if you guys ever seen that one. That's the last one for me. And then my stupid brother, I love my brother, Aaron, I love you, um, (laughs) played a trick on like all the girls in the house. It was, I was hanging out with him, a bunch of his friends and you know, everybody was like 10 people in this house and he unhooked the coax from the TV and put it on sleep timer so in the middle of the night, the stupid TV turns on with no picture, which was like a primary part of this movie. It's like, really? Like, this needed to happen? Oh, fuck you. I'm never watching anything like this again. I was Dude, very... It was the movie like, with the missing lower jaw, right? The scream? Yeah. It's like... No, oh. uh, the ring. Oh, the ring. I, I just the remember, missing like, lower... Like, the girl's like the jaw girl like, with the lower. hair. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And she's like crawling. That that was very scary. I never watched it, but just seeing the trailers on TV. Fuck. Uh, That movie, that that movie, that's a classic. Right, right, (laughs) right. You know, did you see, did you see the, the Exorcist? Like the original, the one in 19 so, or the early 2000s? That was. Oh, I don't think I've actually ever seen that. Fucking traumatizing. But I watched, I watched Poltergeist way too young. Um. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Poltergeist movies, but... Alejandro said traumatizing. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. swear, like, for a kid to watch The <laughs> so like Exorcist... The, so, like, the therapists... Back in those days... The therapists, yeah. they, they need to start sponsoring those movies then. They're like... <laughs> or, yeah, um, yeah, like... What's the... Red Rum? <laughs> what's that movie? The Shining? So, the, the hotel mm. that The Shining was filmed at is in excellent. Colorado. I never found and that I've been scary. there... But it's a great it's movie. Eerie. It's not. But like when you <laughs> right. go into that hotel, Solid. it's an old hotel. And right. if you've seen that movie, you like can feel they have a ghost the tour tense. there. Like it's a yeah. whole thing. Yeah. The Shining was good. You know which ones I like? The franchise. There's not scary, but I do enjoy all of the movies and I'm excited for their next movie. The Saw movie saw oh. like S A W. there's been yeah. like the, bro there's been enough saw there's been like five of them alejandro you can't, <laughs> I, you can't I, want I cannot have one. enough i cannot the last no, ones on. were trash <laughs> you know i expect this last i think it's gonna be the last movie the one that is coming up um i hope that one is good but i cannot have enough it's really good so, the, so that's opinion. what they said about the halloween series too you know how mm. long jamie lee curtis has been hustling halloween right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's true that's true so in, in terms of hot like scary movies that have been going on too long i'd say number one the is screen. that one that he just the halloween or yeah, the song I, 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 the next one that's going on too long for me now is um that one where you have this 24 hours of murder and the purge. It's, it's called oh, purge. The purge. But, the uh, purge. They yeah, have a new one coming okay. out that looks that looks kind of good. I'm not familiar with that. You're no? not familiar with I the think purge? You, you will find oh, it. you're not familiar with the purge? Yeah. Wow, I, I, would love to, I would love to That's, hear your so thoughts that you on that one. There's no Definitely rules. You can do out. whatever you want. I'm missing out. So people you like, are. <laughs> you have to try the purge. You have to try. I don't... This is gonna like out me as such a plus, um, but like I I don't have <laughs> no. the stomach. Like Adam, we were watching some movie with Ryan Reynolds, which is the opening scene. He's like has a number instead of a name. He lives in an airplane. I don't remember what the movie was called, but like there were like fifty people killed in the first like ten minutes of that movie, and I was like, 
you know, feel my adrenal glands like in like constant contraction. I don't think I actually want to finish this movie. Like <laughs> it just, I don't know. This is not Deadpool, is it? No, it's not Deadpool. It's like more of an action movie. Um, so, okay. I mean, Deadpool is an action movie too. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool is also Ryan Reynolds and 50 people die. So the, yeah. the, thing is, a- the thing is, Daniel, that Purge isn't a, a horror movie per se. It's it's like it, okay, a, it isn't a really scary. Violent. I don't... Psycho I have trouble with a lot of violence. So the, the, oh, the, that concept, violent. the concept, Daniel, is that everyone lives in peace and harmony because for one day of a year... They have no law. Everything is permitted. Oh, this is yeah. like the and you get, games. You nope. get to murder no. and get Worse. that anger out of you to keep the peace for the rest what? of the year. Yeah. Like it, We're it, talking yeah, like exactly. surprise doom day preppers come in full, fully armed tanks, like rolling down. Like, yeah. Imagine yeah. society That's... agreed to not do anything stupid except for like a period of six Close hours, like 12 hours. in the morning, 12 a.m. to... 8 a.m. You so get to do example, anything you want. There's a there's a female mm-hmm. who you think is a real b-word, right? She's horrible. She's always nasty, and you just and smile with her wait all until the time. That day to you fucking, treat her nicely, yeah. but that when that day come, you just plan for her, and that's where you get your revenge. And then for the rest of the year, you'll be happy again. <laughs> yeah. I like how specific Donald's example is. I yeah. almost wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. This is good though. What are some other Halloween movies? I, I'm, I'm in the season. Like, this is it. I got my. Do you know which one is? Legit. Do you guys uh, see that? Uh, do you guys watch Rick and Morty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know the Purge no. episode of Rick and Morty? I do. He goes to a planet where there's the Purge. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that episode where they're like. It's also it's also a sort of a. It's it's also a satire on capitalism. Mm-hmm. Because, because after they do the purge, one class of people says, oh, we will oversee work. And they're like, that's right. not a job. You have to do actual work. I right. love that episode. It's so funny. Yeah. When I was in middle school, we used to watch Watcher in the Woods, which is like a super old, like 1980 movie. But it's really creepy and has Betty Davis in it. About a girl Watcher that gets like moved to another dimension. Yeah. Just you know like, the Twilight it's not song. Scary, it's just creepy. Yeah, it's more like the. <laughs> what? Uh, I was thinking if you were suggesting Twilight, this? like the vampire series. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they, sorry, no, fuck, oh no, the, the the Twilight. Brian Pat, you know, um, <laughs> this is a skin of a monster, Bella. <laughs> Robert Pattinson almost didn't. He almost didn't finish that series, so. Robert Pattinson is a friend of my, actually, he was the neighbor of my mom's cousin. Lived next door, grew up together. Like, Dude, really these connections. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I, he almost like didn't finish that series because it was so like, if you look at the work he's done since then, you can see that it was like, yeah. Let's get done. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then like, right. That was like his shadow for forever. Mm-hmm. He's cleaning it though. Like his last pieces he of is. work. Like Tenant. Dude, he's yeah. Batman. He's Batman. Batman. He's Batman. Batman. What the fuck? He's yeah. Batman. Well, he did The Lighthouse was really great. Um, mm. yeah. yeah, I was just thinking with of Defoe. that. With, um, he also did, what's his name? Willem Defoe. Yeah, Willem Defoe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, he was uh, also in this movie that was about like a these guys that did bank robberies in the Bronx. Um, and his Bronx accent in that movie is incredible. I forgot what it's called. Mm. Though. I don't remember. Hmm. Um, good time. He is really, hmm. really good in that movie. What's yeah, the name so. of this kids movie, like Halloween movie? The one about the three witches. The witches is Hocus, that the Hocus. Uh, Hocus, Hocus Pocus? Pocus. Yeah, that was dude, that's a classic. Classic, yes. It's a classic. Oh, dude, that's a great one with the old. Didn't they Sarah came Jessica up with Parker. the second, like the remaster of it, something like that? No. Yeah, they I just. Hope not. I, it Leave was it like alone. two years ago. Yeah, they <laughs> redid that with everybody, all of them after plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how could I be forgetting this? But Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, oh man. my god. Rocky what? So classic. That is the rite of passage. Oh my god, it's like it a rite of passage in the US. So Rocky so Horror good. I used Picture to live show? in Houston. I used to live near this like there used to be an independent theater called the River Oaks Theater and I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. I would sneak in there, which is probably what <laughs> led to not just me, but it's no longer independent. I think it's been incorporated by like AMC or whatever. But anyways, they would sh- because it was an independent theater, it could show like old movies, and it would always do Rocky Horror Picture Show on Halloween, and it would be like interactive. Like you would sing yep. with with the movie and like throw popcorn. You right? Like I know this is pretty widely practiced across the states, but it yep. when Danielle says it's a rite of passage, like it is. An You're a virgin if you experience. haven't been to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like. It's a whole thing. They Do like out the virgins and like you like make a like parade around. Um, it's hilarious. Hmm. Tim Curry, my God, you are a men a man among men. Like he really just like executes that role so so well. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Well, we don't celebrate Halloween here in Jamaica, so there are no Halloween movies, really. Really? Yeah, there's no. Well, this one isn't necessarily a Halloween movie, but it kind of comes up around Halloween. But I think you'd like it, Donovan, any time of okay. year. It's called American Psycho. Mm, that sounds oh, like... Oh, man. Commentary, commentary on capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> it's so violent, though. And it's it a is great like, movie for a capitalist. That was the... <laughs> breakout well not actually not the breakout role because he did some work as in newsies and as a child mm, yeah not, yeah but, but um christian, christian bale. bale yeah that's a, a great movie. serial killer if you haven't on seen Wall that Street. one donovan i think you would what's the name of it it's entertaining is it american, american psycho. psycho and it's you say great. it's about capitalism it's a crazy it's, it's a critic it was written by it was based on a book i think it, the book is by a different name if i'm yeah but I mean, it's got it's got Christian Bale, it's got Willem Dafoe, it's got Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, great movie. I'm surprised because it does doesn't seem to have great reviews on like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but I mean, it's an it's an iconic movie. Yeah, very famous. Um, I may check it out. There's this show I really enjoy. Uh, it's called. American Horror Story. Did you ever? Oh, it's been a few that's seasons. A Halloween experience. Yeah. All year round. It's a, it, it, to Crazy. me, it's a very good show. Like it started okay, but it started to pick up um, pretty well 
throughout the years, in my opinion. But good movie. I'd say it was interesting yeah. to watch. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. There were some. There were some. Yeah, I'm so glad. I, I, I do something I, so light. I do admire the yeah, comedic timing of the guy, the lead actor. Very good timing in terms of and expressions and stuff. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, I I love that. You know, it was so light. It was so chill. This is like the very first week of our book club where we like started about something and then talked about all sorts of stuff. So this is like the <laughs> oh, first yeah. time I remember after that that we went that much off track and it was still fun because mm, yeah nice. it was not it was not controversial it was fun and yeah I liked it chill <laughs> super chill and to our listeners if you have any other Halloween movies that are just worth watching please yeah I would love to uh, put it get in the comments into spooky spirit yeah mm-hmm. and it, it's Happy truly it's, you know? it is truly a classic so yeah like, I mean. Yeah. Definitely. I will. Dude, Mel Brooks, he's a legend. A culture change. Legendary so legend. Uh-huh. <laughs> a legendary legend. Still alive. 97 <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah. Still alive. And I did read that he thought that Young Frankenstein was his best film. I think many would agree. But if, this was if great. y'all here haven't seen Blazing Saddles, that's extra homework, extra credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> great. great. Great movie. And uh, the history of the world it. part one. Have you, have you seen that cat? The history of the world part one where they have like so. the Spanish inquisition is a like um, Broadway dance where they sing the inquisition and do like tap dancing. It's hilarious. What? How have I not seen this? That they're actually, I, I just um, was reading that they're, I think in April of this year, they did a second uh, um, history of the world part two, like 30 years later. And Everybody from um, the guy from Jackass to Wanda Sykes, like, were calling, like, begging to be a part of it because they had been so impacted by Mel Brooks. Johnny Knoxville. He uses the same, yeah, Madeline Kahn, who is Elizabeth and Young Frankenstein, and Cloris Leachman, who was uh, Fran Blucher. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So I love that you see the same actors. Like the Adam Sandler troupe. (laughs) Yeah. He always has. Do you guys, do you guys. And... I think Adam yeah. Sandler would quickly be forgotten once he's retired. What do you guys think? I think he's like... He, he's America's favorite dude, man. Still, he is... I still think about little Nicky from time to time. Like, <laughs> So you have like... I don't you know. know I you think know. like he appealed to a particular generation of underachievers. <laughs> I think that's like... Dude, I mean, Waterboy. Good. I mean, his earlier stuff is by far his best stuff. Like, his later stuff must be much better. Hey. Avast you mates. This is the end of our show today, but don't go just yet. Be a real treasure hunter and share this episode with a friend. Like what we're doing? Tell us what you think by leaving a comment and following us on your preferred platform. To continue the conversation, tweet us at the sunken tea. And don't forget You can join in on the adventure by sending us your own sunken treasure by using the link in the description. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again in our next episode of The Sunken Treasures.